Ooh, the long version. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. This is episode number 77. It is Thursday, June 23rd. It's a downer episode for the first (laughs) time this season. The Mets put up an absolute stinker. We have no wins to recap because they went to Houston. They lost two and now they're back on the road again. I'm Jack, a.k.a. Jolly Olive, joined by my co-host, former pitcher Jerry Blevins. Ever heard of him? Jerry, how you doing? I am former pitcher. Yeah, it's true. How you doing? Uh, notice in the intro that we got no Gary Cohen call, no no intro. Listen, I looked. I looked for a good call. <laughs> there was a little bit of pep in Jerry's voice, but uh, not a lot of great takeaways from our two days in Houston. Yeah, it was an ugly two games. Again, this is, you know, we recap a sweep. I'm putting air quotes on yeah. it for, for the listeners. Uh, it's two games. Like, that's that doesn't count as a sweep. You yeah, know, I will to me, say. It's got to be at least three games. Yeah. On the other end of the scale is if you sweep like a five, a random five game series, like little leagues, that's, that's a backbreaker. You need to retire. <laughs> that's the kind of like, this is tough. But a two game series is just, you know, weird yeah we went in a little injured came out a little injured uh i'm kind of glad there's not a third game if i'm being completely honest because this team just kind of looked like they were uh spun out uh, a little bit disoriented if you will not a lot of great at bats in this one a lot of squandered opportunities played a good team that's just the fact of it you're gonna face good teams in the playoffs so i think that's where the panic from a lot of Mets fans is coming. Um, but I think the the biggest thing, and we'll talk about it more as we get into our recaps, is uh, the absence of Jeff McNeil, I think, was glaringly obvious uh, in this series. Yeah, I think they're a little flat. Uh, to, to talk about our series, I don't, I mean, I'm just going to lump the two games we're going to play them in Queens yeah. as yeah. the series. The series of the year. Because <laughs> like we fair. play them in like a week, so yeah. it, it's it's close enough together to where it's the same two teams. But uh, yeah, yeah, we miss McNeil. Um, we didn't hit with runners in scoring position and we didn't get great starting pitching, which is, you know, recipe for disaster. Yeah, and we kept it close in game two, got away from us. We'll talk about that. Uh, before we get to today's recap, got to tell you guys about one of our two sponsors for today's episode. Ooh. Our very good friends over at Greg Morris Cards actually sent us a pack of Mets cards, and I'm going to do my first ever unpacking of cards. Um, Ooh, they, the kids call it a rip, I believe. A rip? That's what the kids yeah, are saying? Yeah, you rip a package open. So what do we got first? Oh, my. They gave us Pete Crow Armstrong? Oh, no. Oh, Ooh, God. that hits a little too close to home. Yeah, I was going to say, guys. Come on, Greg Morris. We're talking about trades and stuff. Yeah, you know, we, we will be talking, talking about, about trades. Stuff. It's true. Yeah, that's a he's killing it right now. I'm doing a horrible job of this. I'm glad it's behind my laptop. Oh, Isaiah Green, another guy we traded. What's going on, man? What's going on? Who was he? What trade was that? That was the Lindor trade. It was him, uh, Andres Jimenez, Ahmed, and then Josh Wolf, I think his name was. All four wow. of those went in the Lindor trade. So Andres, Andres Jimenez might be an all-star this year, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'd be happy about that. I'm not going to lie. I'd be happy He's, about yeah, that. Yeah, I got uh, a chance to chat with him. Yeah. Uh, super cool. Keith Hernandez is on here as well. I've heard of him. Rookie card. That's pretty valuable, I'd say, in my baseball card experience. And then, of course, 
The statue himself, Tom Seaver, right there. Bang, beautiful. The statue, the mm, franchise. The franchise. Guys, if you liked any of those cards you saw, you got to go to gregmorriscards.com. They got all that and more. They sell over 80,000 sports cards every month, over 2,000 a day, exclusively on eBay. And they sell baseball cards from every era, as you can tell. Pete Crow Armstrong from the now, Tom Seaver from the then. Why do people trust GMC for buying cards? They hand grade every card they sell. You guys know that by now. They've been trusting Greg's grades for years. Greg's grades is always a hard part to say of that ad read, and I don't think I've ever messed it up, so I'm kind of proud of myself. If Greg says the card is mint, you know the card is mint. I appreciate that, Jerry. So go to gregmorriscards.com uh, Greg to see their inventory. And they want to give you $10 in free cards if you do, just for hearing about them from John Boy Media. So go to their website, gregmorriscards.com, find the cards you want. And if you win the eBay auction, message them with the code JOMBOY to get $10 off your order. Thank you to Greg Morris Cards for sponsoring today's episode of Shea Station. Thank you, GMC. I like we appreciate GMC. you. like the car company, but not actually. Can't conflict but not those two. Not General Motors. Yeah, if you go to gregmorriscards.com looking for a car, I think you're going to have some bad news. But that seems like a you problem. I don't know. <laughs> Recaps? Should we talk about Recaps. it? Recaps. Oh, God. All right. Here we Boy, go. You get game music. one. I do. The real stinker. <laughs> the real stinker of the two. All right. The Mets go to Minute Maid Park, kind of a bad place for them to play in the recent years, and they send Trevor Williams to the mound. He won back his rotation spot because of an injury to Tyler McGill. He looked really good in the first two innings. He looked like he was cruising, and then in that third inning, things came crashing down. Altuve and Jordan Alvarez, big bad Jordan, who torched us this series, they crank home runs to give Houston a 3-0 lead in the third. Trevor would only go four innings in this one, gave up three earned runs, four hits, three walks, two strikeouts, two homers on 72 pitches. His ERA is now up to 3.86 on the year. The Mets threatened in the fourth inning. They loaded the bases with one out thanks to a Houston error. Ah, but Eduardo Escobar and J.D. Davis both go down on a strikeout. Tough turn for the Mets there. That would be the best opportunity they had pretty much the entire game because Chasen Shreve came up after in the fifth and just imploded in relief of T. Will kind of put things out of reach with two outs and the bases loaded and out away from getting out of things against a lefty Kyle Tucker took him to the right center gap a double to clear the bases and make it a six nothing Houston game he walked another batter that led to a Mauricio Dubon RBI double Shree finally got out of it after that game tough look for him uh, Pete Alonso and Eduardo Escobar took the time in garbage time to add some solo shots to their resume. Pete's was his 20th of the year, so good for Pete. That made it a 7-2 ball game. Adonis Medina kind of lost in the scuffle of this game. Had some solid long relief. Three innings, one earned run, three hits, one walk, one strikeout on 45 pitches. The controversy, which was kind of silly in my opinion, came from Jose Siri, who hit a very long home run to left field and uh, took some time to look at it. Uh, the Mets took exception, specifically Eduardo Escobar. His own manager took exception, Dusty Baker, as Siri was benched the next day. That made it 8-2. The Mets kind of went out quietly in this one. Seth Martinez has been a revelation for the Astros. He has 17 consecutive scoreless innings to start the year. He stymied us. And the Astros win game one, 8-2, an absolute stinker. Pretty brutal. A stinker. A stinker. Yep. Chase and Shreve, boy, he needs uh, he needs to string some some basically clean innings together. His job is in danger. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's uh, he need like I said, he needs to string some some confident runs together. Um, 
the number one thing is that manager's confidence and he does not have it. And he doesn't have it for a reason. He was an absolute stellar pickup to start the year. Yeah. Looked incredible. Um, just hasn't had it. It doesn't, doesn't look confident on the mound. Um, on the other side, Adonis Medina looked really good. Yeah, um, for real. Looked confident. I was impressed with him. Uh, what do you think about the Jose Siri thing? What, what, what do you got on that? I get why I think the Mets were upset because it's seven to two. Uh, they're not playing good ball. The momentum's not there. It didn't feel like the Mets were going to come back and win that game. Uh, so when you're kind of showing up the team, when you're already up five runs and you hit a solo shot, I get the animosity there at the same time, Jose Siri is a kid. He's got a lot to learn. I think he has a nice future in baseball. He's a great center fielder. Uh, and I don't think he, he hadn't had a big hit in a while. His hitting numbers were down. So I'm pretty sure that was a monkey off his back to get that big home run. Um, but I think he stared a little bit too long. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter. I understand why people got upset though. Um, I loved, I loved how the, the teams reacted, to be honest. Uh, I could do without, you know, Eduardo Escobar, but he's, he's kind of our, our de facto leader here. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit too showy in a game like that. Um, in a situation there, it's not a big home run. Do you just stood there? You didn't like, you know, have some style while you're jogging. That was just to say, I'm going to stand here and stare. So it was a little out of touch with what we're trying to get in today's game, which is style and flair, which I'm all for. And I love that Dusty benched him for game two. You could say it that he just didn't start him because you got to teach young kid lessons. You got to, you got to say, Hey man, there's, there's room for that. You could be yourself, but also, you know, understand context. We're, we're a team first here. We're trying to win. Uh, not a big deal. And it wasn't a big deal to anybody else afterward. Uh, but Dusty, you know, you gotta, you gotta show him that, that there are consequences to, to silly things. And so, um, yeah, I mean, if it was a huge home run and momentum swinger, you know, do whatever you got to do. But, um, yeah, that was just a little bit like, uh, you know, like that's a little, even when I was watching, I was like, really that long, come on. Yeah, and Dusty's post-game comments, I think he said something along the lines of, you know, like back when I played, that would have got one of our guys hit, and I think that was like the rationale for him uh, benching Siri. Obviously, the Mets have been hit more than any other team in baseball this year. <laughs> I don't think they were going to start another war with another team. Yeah. I don't think that was on their mind, but I get where Dusty was coming from, and you got a veteran yeah, manager. Yeah, Dusty's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. yeah, let's move it's it along. Not, not that you're doing terrible, egregious things. You're not being a jerk. Uh, just class it up a bit, uh, which I'm for. Definitely you ready for game two. I am ready for game two. Game All right, game two. two. Uh, Stinka. <clears throat> Cookie Carrasco and Louis Garcia battling. Uh, things did not go the Mets' way right in the bottom of the first. We get an Altuve walk. Brantley doubled, which is what Brantley does. And then they go back to back with Bregman and Jordan, who might be the best hitter on the planet right now. Maybe. Uh, that makes it 4 nothing. Um, and then in the third inning, Jordan would get Cookie again to make it five to one. Uh, and the sixth inning was the big letdown for the New York Mets. We had a Nimmo walk, Marte doubles him home, making it five two. Lindor gets a single, Alonzo punches a sack fly five three. And then we get a Guillaume double, a Marcana walk to load the bases with one out. Then Eduardo Escobar is a pop out and a Dom strikeout and the Mets waste a golden chance. It felt like a big letdown in the moment. Felt like we lost the game there, um, but we didn't. We had uh, a bunch of baseball to play, but we never really got on track offensively. The bullpen looked great again. 
in relief of Cookie, who we went down with some back tightness in the third. We'll talk about that at the end. But uh, Yohan Lopez uh, also looked incredible, went two and two-thirds scoreless with only one base runner. Tommy Hunter, again, looked really good. Joely Rodriguez looked strong. They both got four outs. Uh, and Joely struck out uh, Hercules himself, Mr. Jordan Alvarez. Uh, then Edwin Diaz came in, got a good strike out of Kyle Tucker. The bullpen goes five and two-thirds. No runs, no walks, five punchies. Um, like I said, after that sixth inning, the Mets only got two base runners in the last three innings. They lose five to three. It felt like 12 to three. Uh, but the big moments in that game were Eduardo Escobar and Dom Smith both leaving those bases loaded. They both left a total of four men on base. And then Pete Alonso had a, a rough day at the plate going over three with three punchies and that one sack fly. Mets lose five three. Brutal. Brutal. It felt worse than five to three, I'll tell you that. Yeah. It was a tough watch. It was close in the end. There's a lot to talk about here. Uh, I'm just going to segue just because I feel like it. Uh, Michael Brantley is so underrated. Such an underrated ball player. He's an old man now. He's an old man. Um, One of the best hitters in the game. We talk about approach. Like, we admire what Brandon Nimmo does on a day-in, day-out. We watch what what Mark Canna does on day-in, day-out with the way they – this is Michael Brantley. He's so smart. He is incredible at the plate. Um, just an absolutely incredible career that went under the radar because he was in Cleveland and then in Houston. Guy is a magnificent hitter, one of the best of his era, and nobody ever talks about him. It's crazy that now, like he came third in MVP voting one year. He's just been so incredibly consistent. He's a doubles machine. And it was nice because these are a lot of players we never get to watch. Obviously watching Jordan take at bats was scary, but also really fun because I never really get to watch him play. He's on the West Coast. Uh, I think I enjoyed watching Michael Brantley play the most out of all the guys in the Astros lineup. Uh, so I just want to give him a quick shout out. Very underrated. Possible. Yeah, he's so he's in his age... 35 season with yeah, Houston. This 35. is his fourth season with Houston after, you know, being in Cleveland forever. Uh, he's a career 298 hitter career. He's a, he's hitting 298 this year. So <laughs> I think that's pretty good. I'd say so too, but we should talk about our Mets. I want to give some love to Yoan Lopez was great in this game to keep the, keep it close. I mean, this very easily could have spiraled out of control. Uh, he kept the Astros at five runs, two and two thirds scoreless. Mets had that rally, um, but it was just killer from the seven and eight hole in this entire series. Just a lot of big squandered opportunities. I think you really felt uh, McNeil missing there because it's. I think we found it odd earlier in the season that McNeil was batting eighth, considering how well he was doing. But man, you have McNeil in the eight hole there. Maybe either of these two games, or maybe both, uh, go a different way with a big clutch hit. Instead, uh, Eddie, who just had a nightmare series, left a lot of men on base, and then Dom thrust into a spotlight in his uh, first couple games back, cannot get the job done. Uh, yeah, it was just a tough watch in these two games. Just a tough watch. Tough couple games. Um, you, you mentioned bullpen pitch great this whole series. Yeah. Series, two games. I mean, <laughs> uh, they did look good. I think that was the the shining spot because that 5-3 game could have quickly been a, a 12-3 game where you have a position player pitching Yeah. because Cookie Carrasco with back tightness left in the third. Um, he only went two and a third there, five inning or five runs, four hits, two walks, two Ks. Those three big homers only threw 53 pitches. Uh, you have a good note in here that his fastball velocity was down 1.3. Yeah. Uh, I think it's something that that he was like, I might be able to pitch through this to, to take one for the team. 
something that Trevor May talked about. And again, in that really revealing press conference, but it turned out to not be so. So he, you know, we, we've seen him be tough. We've seen him, you know, bite down on some leather and get out there and work through some pain. Uh, this was just a little too much. And I think it got worse as the game progressed. Yeah. So you see him pulled, he wasn't worried after the game. He said, no big deal um, should be fine. Um, but again, they're doing the right thing by, by taking him out, by taking herself out and they're going to reevaluate. Don't give anything, but I don't, I don't imagine trusting cookie knowing his body. I don't imagine we're going to see him miss a start unless they are extra cautious and just push him back. Yeah, I think been that, a lot of travel for an old guy. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, this is a guy that missed half the year last year, came back too early, and we kind of thrust him in because we needed him. This is the last kind of guy that you want to overwork and push through injury. Um, he did not seem worried at all, like you said. He said, no concern. I'm think, I think I'm going to be fine. Just waiting for tomorrow, and then we go from there. Tomorrow's today because he's getting an MRI. Uh, tomorrow he's, is today. Tomorrow that is, is today. philosophical, you know, your meta right now. It's a poetic pod. We know this. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I don't think I'm worried. I think the Mets made the right call by yanking him, even though tough for the game outlook. Uh, and I think they learned their lesson with Tyler McGill. Uh, don't want to be too overzealous. Uh, don't rush guys back. You have Max coming back soon. I don't know if they should rush him either, even with this injury news, even though he looks like he's dying to get back on the mound. Uh, just got to play it safe. You know, you have a lot of off days. You have three off days in the next, I think, week, which is actually pretty huge for this Mets staff that is getting a little battered around. Uh, but I think Cookie will be fine. So that's good. I do too. Yeah. I, I want to say that I don't think they rushed Tyler McGill back. Yeah. I don't think they, they, I don't know that because he was pitching lights out. Uh, it seemed like he just strained himself on one, one pitch that happens, man. Yeah. Throwing a baseball is not normal for your body. Um, so again, not concerned. Um, but we did stink for two games, so that's good. I mean, there's just no real other way to say it. Shout out to the bullpen. But, yeah, this was just a couple of stinker games. Alonzo with a rare dud in game two, three Ks. It looked like the Astros just had his number. Uh, they pitched around him a lot in game one, and they kind of went after him in game two, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, but luckily, it's only a two-gamer. I think a third game might have really messed up our Mets, maybe a possible sweep there. So it's good to get out of town, get the off day, go to Miami, yep. play a team that you just beat. Uh, so that turns our way pretty well. And then the Astros have to go play four in the Bronx. That's going to be some must-watch baseball for sure. Yep, yep. So they, we have a tough stretch. Uh, that was It's just been such a weird schedule. Just weird. We went West Coast, home, West Coast, home, Houston, which is a mile like really far away they play in the west yeah uh for two games and then home like it's just weird yeah now down in miami then miami back to the east coast just a weird run and then we play houston again just yep. stacking them up so we, i guess what well, the continuation are we yeah we're not the continuation of the series is when we play them for the other two games i mean you yeah you mentioned that at the beginning of the episode i kind of like that idea like it's just one set one four game set so we'll, we'll see how they do back at home maybe they'll yeah, win it's like both a four game split. series in the playoffs where you know two on their place two at our place a weird four games but yeah and i think the way the that the rotation goes i think you'll you might miss some of their top guys again so that kind of works out for the mets hopefully they can uh, actually I've, push it this time yeah, let's let's try to win some ball games. So that'd be good. Uh, you want to do the apples because it's there's a short list. Yeah, there is a short <laughs> short list for our apples. But let's are we going to give them out? We could. I think we can opt out. But I think I have a good one that we're going to. I have out, a good so. one too. I think we can give them out. The apple of our eye. You want to go first? I do. 
um, we highlighted the MVP of our two game set as the bullpen. So I believe that Yoan Lopez yeah. and his stellar relief out and coming in for an injured cookie Carrasco goes two and two thirds, only allows one hit, uh, really kept the Mets in the ball game, kept the feeling we were, we were, it was a close game at that point, um, gave the Mets an opportunity to win in a, in a two game set where the offense just didn't have it. Um, and the starting pitching wasn't there. I wanted to highlight the bullpen who as a whole could get it, but uh, I think I'm going to give it to Yoan Lopez in a difficult situation coming in for an injured starter uh, and looked great, man. He looked really good. Uh, the enforcer is back <laughs> doing his thing, not having to plunk guys, not having to, to, to lay down the law. He's lucky that Jose Siri didn't have to face Yoan Lopez oh, again because yeah. he would have been in trouble. Yeah. Uh, but he is the apple of my eye. Very good one. You know, like it's always nice to give one to a guy like Yoan Lopez when you have the opportunity. I think I was able to give one to Adonis Medina earlier this year. That was nice. And yeah, Yoan you Lopez. put a little Medina in your glass. It was great. If we win that game, I I think he's the MVP because he just kept us in it when it looked very very bleak. So good for Yoan. I forgot that his nickname was the Enforcer. That's hilarious. I still can't believe he got is that suspended. his real nickname, or I did think, we just give it to him? Is that like on his baseball reference? I still can't believe I don't he got think suspended. So. I think he's the Enforcer because of the the silly suspensions no. and he was always the guy early in the season that was just throwing at people because his nickname hit all the time is el acer i don't know what that means though well, wait what's it spell it uh l e l and then a s e r e el acer hope i'm saying that right I don't know what that means. Jerry's on the case i'm gonna give my apple while you do some research if that's you cool please do that you. uh is he cuban is he human no, is he Cubano? Is he Cuban? <laughs> oh, I think you asked if he was human. Uh, yeah, he's Cuban. Okay, so that means good night uh, slang for Ooh, Cubans. I kind of like that. He's okay. good night. I like that because he puts people away. Tucks yeah. him into bed. <laughs> All right. I got my guy, Luis Guillarneme. He is the apple of my eye. Not a crazy series by Luis Guillarneme, but it's always nice to give him some love when we have the chance. He went three for eight. He had a double. He has a six-game hit streak. And as always, he and Lindor were absolute magicians up the middle. A lot of inconsequential double plays were turned by those two. He just puts on a clinic pretty much every series. Um, and I think that um, we can start to get into the territory since he's playing so much of Luis Guillaume being a legitimate gold glove candidate. I think that he has been a highlight reel every single night. Uh, obviously he's playing all over the field, but second base kind of seems to be his position at this point. And he's just been so, so good. So I want to give some love to Guillaume. Uh, Nimmo and Alonso both had pretty good series by the standards of how we played. Nimmo was two for eight with an RBI and a walk. Alonso three for seven with a homer and a walk. But I'm going to give some love to Guillaume because he always deserves it. Batted fifth in this series, too, and was completely up to the task. Kept that rally going uh, when we got the bases loaded, but squandered it. So, Luis Guillaume, he gets the apple of my eye. I love it. Well-deserved. Uh, the guy, all-star, gold glove, like legit, should be. Yeah. Um, I want to say, so I did a little more research on a, a serie. Yeah. Uh, it means like friend, buddy, uh, as well. So I'm getting mixed signals from mm. my from my research. 
You'll hear this one all the time in Cuba, and it's not used in any other Spanish-speaking country. It's the most popular way to address a friend, and you wouldn't use it with someone you've just met or in a professional situation. Interesting. So it's like your your close, you know, close friend. So that's okay. cool. That's it. Okay. Buddy. I like good night because I feel like Yoan Lopez, if you look at his baseball reference, that is a mean mug. He's like he does not look friendly by any means. Uh, it so doesn't I, look look like a friendly guy. I mean, I'm sure. Oh, you know, if you hover over him and you get the minor league picture, there's like a nice smile there. So it's kind of like two sides. So I think one of them is the friend, and then one of them is good night. I, I that's what that's what I'm going with. That's what I like. Uh, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with <laughs> um, it means friend. So I don't okay. know. Oh, he had. Uh, I didn't realize how long he's been in the league. He had 70 games for the Diamondbacks in 2019. 3.41 ERA. Good well, for welcome. you, on. All right. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the people yeah. came to see a deep dive on Johan Lopez yeah alright guys but, uh, Guillaume man gosh I, yeah. I love watching him play baseball he's awesome he does so many cool things with his glove he's also hitting 300 like just just a special kind of player we've been kind of spoiled oh yeah I don't know if we've been wasting him because I don't know if he was this guy until recently, but he's always had that kind of at bat, but it really is nice to see him shine on a level. He could help any team. I promise you all 29 other teams would love to have Luis Guillorme on their roster because he can do so many things and he does everything. Well, he's not a liability at the plate. Like I guess he was kind of projected to be, um, but he is an awesome baseball player, so I'm glad he got the apple. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what Buck said because uh, he, you know, advocated for a utility role for the All Star game, which I kind of like the idea. And he said every team could use a Luis Guillorme on their roster, and I, I do think that we've taken him for granted. He's been here forever, and we're only really giving him his first shot now, and we're seeing all the benefits. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's been a part and uh, a big part of you know the last few seasons being a reserve bench player glove first guy but you know maybe it took him that long to kind of feel comfortable or it took a guy like buck to to put him in there and and, in good situations so that's got to be it all right guys we have some trade talk coming up some trade candidates because it's getting to be that time we're only about a month away from the deadline as well as some looking ahead series probables against miami but i gotta tell you about our second sponsor for today's episode a new sponsor coming around and they are Cushy Dreams. You might have heard of them if you are a John Boy Media fan. They specialize in high-quality legal cannabis, smokable CBD, and smokable Delta 8 THC. CBD has been shown to help with anxiety, depression, inflammation, and pain relief without the high. And Delta 8 is similar, but with some added euphoria. And if you go to their website now and use code STATION and get your first CBD or Delta 8 pre-roll, you can get that for free. You just got to pay shipping and handling. So their popular pre-roll joints are rolled in organic hemp paper and feature an even slow burn. That sounds pretty nice. Flour is available in one-eighth ounce nitrogen sealed cans and now humidity controlled half ounce and full ounce Mylar bags. This sounds very, very professional and scientific. Gotta go try it out. They offer both indica and sativa 
uh, strains and you can get to you get to pick the mood you want to experience whether it's relax creative hustle peace energy or dream they got all those choices and edibles are coming soon gummies so if you want more info and want to go see their selection you can go to cushydreams.com that's k-u-s-h-y and at checkout use promo code station and get your first cbd or delta a pre-roll for free just got to pay shipping and handling pre-rolls are regularly 15 dollars each smoke your cbd and delta a with promo code station and get a free joint today this is a cbd friendly pod jerry did you know uh i did know uh, I use a CBD muscle massager, Interesting. like uh, an ointment that works fantastic. Um, I don't know if you can tell. I got a little sun going on. Can oh, you I see, see the it. redness oh, here? I see yeah, it. my brother's birthday, forty-three-year-old Rob Ellis, my dude. Uh, his birthday was yesterday. We spent all day together in the pool with our families uh, and my sunscreen must have washed off a little bit faster uh, than I was ready for. doesn't hurt. Uh, looks painful, but um, little CBD lotion on there makes oh, your skin feel good. Nice. Look at that tie in. I like that a lot. I mean, you got to get that waterproof sunscreen, Jerry. You got to get that. I did. I did. Oh, have did? It. I probably okay. just didn't wait the proper amount of time. Mm. I was, you know, you know, I'm like a little kid. Just you want to get in. Water. I get it, man. It's a hot day. You want to get in there with everybody. <laughs> yeah, else? man. Uh, so we got some trade talk because I feel like it's yeah. kind of appropriate. I feel like this this is the team that's going to add at the deadline. I don't think that's far. I agree. I yeah. agree with that. Uh, I think the priority is probably a reliever and maybe a bat. I listed some starters as well in case the injury woes continue for this rotation or maybe we don't get DeGrom back on schedule. Is there any guy from this list that you are intrigued by just looking at their stat line? I mean, I'm intrigued by everyone on that list i don't think we make a trade for a starter i really don't especially a front-end guy like that there's been a bunch of talk that we're going to do that but in order to get a frankie montas a a louis castillo we're going to have to part with one of our top guys and i don't see billy epler letting those guys go um you know because i still think i think We've got Scherzer right on right on track to be back, possibly Sunday. Mm. Um, and Tyler McGill's still out a while, but we see DeGrom on the horizon. Trevor Williams has been really good. I don't think I don't think we go for a top end guy, but I could be wrong. This is Stevie Cohen's Mets. Um, we are a juggernaut. We have deep pockets. Um, so I could see him doing it. But outside of that, um, CJ Crone, who quietly is having a monster season would be incredible and then josh bell because he's a switch hitter is very interesting to me too so both of those guys are are tops but trading interdivision would be kind of strange yeah Um, i always get that vibe too i don't even like is there there's probably team reluctance to do that even if your team there there is you know why you know why it's hard you know i got traded from the nats to the mets just so you remember oh i do nobody cared about me at the time (laughs) uh but the the fact that you don't want to give a prospect up especially to for a bigger trade candidate, which you would have to get because you don't want to see that blow up in your face for the next, you know, six plus years right. uh, of the team controlling the guy that they gave you gave away, dominating you in every facet. You know, do you remember so, who you got traded for? I think yeah, I remember course, Matt Dendek. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's yeah. a Mets logo. I remember I got traded for Jason Kendall, Rob Bowen and I. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Then I got traded for uh, Billy Burns. Yep. 
and then for Matt Dendecker. So. Billy Burns had one great year, if I remember. He was like a fast yeah, guy. He's right? like the fastest white guy on the planet, I think, <laughs> for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we talked about CJ Crone before. Guy's got a 140 OPS plus, 17 home runs on the year, doing the damn thing for the Colorado Rockies. Colorado. Yep. I'm, and they're probably going to sell. They had a little bit of a run at the beginning where everybody was like, yeah. ooh, are they great? Did uh, did their, their signing of Chris Bryant foreshadow things to come because they saw what we didn't see and now we're like why did they sign chris why Bryant? did they sign chris <laughs> why did they do it but cj crone man just crushing it yeah uh, there's this slash line is ridiculous he's slugging 566 again <laughs> colorado but that's wonderful that's what i was gonna get to the uh he is a very uh what you'd imagine coors field livened up kind of guy he has a 1.097 ops at home and a 674 in away games 13 home runs at home four in away games so that is a bit of the alarming part because he might be a guy that really enjoys hitting at coors field whereas when i look at josh bell uh, I don't necessarily see as many home runs, but Josh Bell has been a guy that's been able to resurrect his career because he, I think he stopped trying to hit solely for power. He had that 37 home run season in 19 with the Pirates, but now he's become more of a sound fundamental hitter. And the times that we've seen him this year, he's really torched us and gotten a lot of big hits for the Nationals. Still got a 146 OPS plus, 11 homers, 10 doubles. He's been really great. And uh, it looks like he's figured something out over there. Uh, and I'm sure that he's going to be a big trade piece for them. Uh, really good acquisition by them as well to kind of get him on the the cheap in 2020. That was good. I agree. I agree. He's been great. Uh, just a little caveat for CJ Crone out there. In 2020, he was with Detroit. He slugged 548 in a ballpark that is the opposite. That's true. Of, I guess not opposite. It's huge. It's like the same size. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he had a long career. He started out in LA. His, his, average slugging is 482 which is stellar he's got an 807 ops average as well which is also really good he's a good good hitter um again it might be slightly inflated by coors field but um he's gonna go i think he's gonna go to a team looking to make a big splash and contend yeah and i as much as i love uh five hole guillorme and seeing jeff with those runners in scoring position opportunities i do think that a bat to protect Pete Alonso, like a bigger, bigger bat, would uh, be very, very good for this team that's really struggled with production at the DH hole between JD and Dom and others. We talked about it um, in the preseason with our, our PPPs, how reliant upon Pete Alonso we were going to be. And thank yeah. goodness he's come through. Uh, but without his production, I mean, Lindor is crushing it with, with RBI as well. But we need some power. We need to protect him. We need to have another threat. Um, everybody's been saying right-handed. I don't know why we need a right-handed bat. But well, I prefer not much. switch personally. Yeah, that's why I, I like mean, Josh he, Bell. Josh Bell sounds great. Um, but I think I think we do make one more move there. It'd be interesting to see how how we shake that out roster way wise because it would I would hate to see it cost like Giorme yeah. time. Um, yeah, and so that's why that, that's I, interesting. I think it might be a pure DH and not necessarily a fielder. I also don't think it's going to be Wilson Contreras. I've seen a lot of people throw out that idea, but I don't think you have James McCann coming back. You don't want to risk blocking Francisco Alvarez, and he has a high, high price tag because he's a catcher, so that's obviously very valuable. Um, I think the other thing the Mets are probably going to target is definitely a reliever. Uh, we had some reliever struggles from Chase and Shreve. 
in this series. I feel like his job might be in a little bit of danger. There's been a lot of great relievers on some dud teams this year. Uh, a couple guys I have my eye on. Uh, Jake Storielli, our own talking Jake, sent me a text the other day, and it was two words, and it said Jorge Lopez. I was like, okay, I guess I got to go check out Jorge Lopez. He plays for the Orioles. He's having a great season. Dominating. 0.79 ERA, 29 games, 11 saves for the O's. He is in a contract year, so he is a rental, and it looks like he's really figured something out in that reliever role. Uh, He's probably the best trade ship this Orioles team has and uh, I really like what I've seen from him. I looked up uh, some some footage after Jake texted me. I think he thought it was a good video candidate. But he's definitely one I got my eye on. But there's a lot of guys uh, to choose from on sort of sort of the lowly teams that are having great seasons. I agree. There's like Ian Kennedy out in Arizona. Um, you know, he's an older guy, been there. Um, reliable back end of the bullpen kind of guy. Um, David Robertson really- on the Cubs. He's having a good year as well. Well, he got, didn't he just get traded? Uh, I don't think, I don't believe so. Did he? You sure? I think he just got traded today. Hold on. What? Look that up. You look that up. I'm going to talk about, I thought he just did or something. It might've been my Uh, brain. He got an at bat last night and I think he was very happy about it. Oh, that's awesome. So he didn't get traded. He's still with the Cubs. He's still with the Cubs. Yeah. I could see him going to the other team in New York back home. Yeah. I think they love him over there. Um, but I really like uh, David Bednar, mm. who's with the Pirates. He's a righty. He is dominating. Last year, he had a 2-2-3 in 61 games. So mm. it's not a fluke that this year he's got a 1.14 in 25 games. Uh, and he's really early, and he's not ARB eligible until after next season. Um, so he's a controllable guy. He has options. Um in case it doesn't work out, uh, but he has been dominating and he kind of fits the role of a back end bullpen guy that you don't need to close because you have the electric Edwin Diaz. Yeah, I don't think we're in the market for a closer at all, which is a kind of a sigh of relief because that's a much mm-hmm. harder thing to trade for. Two more guys I want to highlight for the NL West before we wrap up our trade talk here. Uh, another Colorado Rocky and Tyler Kinley has a 0.75 ERA in 25 games. He's been really nice in the bullpen for them. And then uh, a bigger guy that a lot of teams have their own because he's probably the best lefty on the market is Joe Mantiply, um, a name I wasn't familiar with until a couple weeks ago. Uh, he has allowed one earned run in 26 and two-thirds innings this year for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think he has a lot of years of control as well, so he would be one of the steeper prices, but definitely something I could see the Mets doing because they've had some trouble with their lefty relievers this year uh last guy i want to name is a it was a sign candidate for us in the offseason is andrew chafin yeah uh he hasn't had a, an amazing year he's still i think he's still doing pretty well um let me just check this last for the tigers right for the tigers yeah yep. he signed with the tigers yeah he 3.44 hasn't had, not bad yeah so fine year again and a reliable guy that's been there and done that um a guy that we might have should have signed to to begin with but um yeah the tigers aren't in contention they won't be in contention um but he has uh, i think another year on his contract so you'll be signing him up for two years yeah he's got that player option but that's that's just another name because i think a lefty in the back of the bullpen would be ideal along with a switch hitter you know power bat to to protect pete alonso so. Definitely agree. I don't think the Mets make that same splash they did last year where they got Javi Baez. That was a great trade. Uh, Javi was great for us. Gave us a little bit of a spark. There's some clapping in the office because there always is. I'm sure that's about some Armstrong. I know, but 
He's really he's far dominating. Away. Is he though? Isn't he injured? He's, no. I thought well, he was injured. I don't know if he's injured or not, but I took a look at those. Um, I saw. I'm that, not a prospect hugger. That Sandy said uh, talking about the trade deadline. Did you hear what he said? What did he say? He said, you know, we don't, we're not sure what we're going to do. We don't want to give up one of our top guys. He basically said, um, Billy Upler, blah, blah, blah. But he also said we traded Javi Baez and Pete Crow Armstrong is killing it basically. So, yeah. And that was one of his guys. Uh, yeah. He does have a 1.0 OPS in single. A. Yeah. He's hitting 354 on base of 443 and a slugging of 557. He's got seven homers and he's playing in the Carolina League, which isn't like, you know, the the PCL and AAA where you you just hit home runs if you touch the ball. <laughs> this is a a real deal kind of league. So yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge prospect hugging guy, uh, but Pete Armstrong. But and you know he does look pretty good. He was a very recent draft pick in 2020. Yeah, he was our first rounder. And then. he was he's a very nice kid. Uh, I wish him the best. But again, I I don't I'm not a I'm not a prospect guy either. Maybe at some point in the offseason, we've got to have a prospect. A little de- deep dive. Guest. Yeah. Oh, a I guest. I like that. Yeah, That's a good we'll idea. have somebody come and talk about prospects. Everybody idea. knows Alvarez and how much that I can't get. They can't get enough of talking about Alvarez. I mean, have you seen him hit a baseball? It's pretty freaking cool, uh, man. I mean, I have <laughs> up close. Uh That's great. But uh, it's never been my strong suit, except when I was in the minor leagues, because I just want to watch the best in the world do it at the best level. And I just don't have the capacity in my brain to think about, you know, other levels and stuff. I know guys' names and I know what's in the pipeline, um, but I don't dedicate enough mind space for that. So Mind space, I like that. Brain capacity. It's pretty good. It's true. I, mean, I just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be here when they're here, you know. That's how I feel about the NBA this year. Like, I like the NBA, but I was like, meh, my, I, I got to spend time with my kids. It's too much know? to learn. I don't got time for that. <laughs> It's a whole nother sport. It's a go, lot uh, go Donovan Mitchell, you know, go Cavs. <laughs> Make him a Nick. Go, uh, I, I still, you know, I still root for, for the Knicks on occasion. There you go. Good but. man. All right. So we can, we can speculate and talk about this all day, but the fact is the trade deadline's still a month away. There's still a lot of baseball left to play until then. Speaking of which we're going to Miami for another set with the Marlins. Jerry, you want to tell me about it? Who are we facing? What's going on? I do. We got game one, Taiwan Walker, who has just been absolutely stellar for your New York Mets. He has a 2.88 ERA. He'll be facing a guy that goes by the name of Sandy Alcantara, who is also a fantastic pitcher. He has a sparkling 1.72 ERA, the best pitcher in the National League, maybe in the major leagues right now. In my opinion, he is. Uh, Walker went six and two thirds and gave up that one run in, a, in the Marlins uh, last start. So he had a nice W. Alcantara hasn't allowed more than two earned runs in his last eight starts. He's only allowed two runs twice. Um, and he's gone eight plus innings in five of his last seven starts. Uh, Lindor is five for 16 with a homer. McNeil is eight for 25 with a homer off Sandy. Game two, Chris Bassett, after his nice bounce back, he has a 4.03 ERA. He will be facing lefty Trevor Rogers in his 5.83 ERA. Bassett went six and a third with three earned runs versus Miami last time out, but was better than that. Had a little bit of a hiccup with uh, the bullpen giving up some runs. Pete Alonso, our big bopper in the middle, is 0 for 12 against Trevor Rogers. Trevor Rogers was able to just dominate him on straight fastballs up and in, uh, and J.D. Davis in that style, and he was hitting his spots. But 
Pete can get him. Rogers went five innings, allowed three runs um, his last outing against us. And he has gone six innings only once in 13 starts. That brings us to game three. David Peterson and his 3.18 ERA, who's been way better than I feel like he's being appreciated for. Um, but he's going against Daniel Castano and his 3.52 ERA. Peterson went five and a third, didn't give up any runs against Miami. Uh, Castano was three and two thirds innings pitch, allowed four earned runs against the Rockies in his last start. And Peterson has never pitched in Marlins Park. Is it Marlins Park? What is it called these days? I think it's Lone Depot Park now. Peterson has never pitched in Lone Depot Park in Miami of against the Marlins in his career. And that is our three game set in Miami. Beautiful. Jack is double checking that for me because I think it's Lone Depot Park. I think you're right. I believe I believe you're right. They also uh all this Cuban talk and El Acere, like I want a Cubano sandwich oh. so bad. Maybe a cortadito, which Ooh. is like delicious like i'm all for it i love cuban food i love cuban culture and i'll smoke a cigar if i need to yeah i went to havana a couple weeks ago uh, which is a couple blocks from her so so good so Mm, good love it um but that's our three game tasty matchup oh three wins we need to get we're facing sandy contra again that's not great i mean it's it's tough i mean you got to see him last time out so i mean you learned a lot. You can take that those things. That doesn't help. Doesn't really. Doesn't hurt. Really but it doesn't help. It might actually hurt because you're like, this guy's good. I don't want to face him. <laughs> we might see some veteran guys be like, ah, oh, my back's feeling yeah, tight. Yeah, I feel today. like I'm tight. I'm just like oh, Cookie, actually. Yeah, my hit streak. I got it going, but I don't think I can go today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we see one new guy, Daniel Castano. Uh, we get a couple lefties in the series between him and Rogers. Hopefully Bassett has some better luck with inherited runners. It's the same old thing. Pretty much the same series probables as the uh, first time we did it. A lot of the same guys. Uh, Mets need to get a series win, get themselves back on track because they're going to get Houston again at home right after this. And then you cruise into July with a nice slate of games against some weaker teams. So hopefully you can get a little fat before you go there and get real, real fat going forward. Let's get healthy. That's Mm. the key. Bring our starters into the fold. Let your backs heal. Mm. Let your your spasms go away. Mm. Let your you know your stress reactions heal up properly and get into the ball game. We need you guys. We have three monster starters lurking, ready to to come back. I can't wait to see those guys pitch. I, I might shed a tear mm. when Jacob Degrom takes the field. I might clap standing ovation when Max Scherzer takes the field. I, yeah, I just miss seeing the best of the best do it uh, and helping a team that we get to cheer on. It's weird to be 19 games over 500 and in first and still feel like something's missing because it's just been missing the whole year. You know, isn't that wild? It's super weird. Yeah. And it gives you enough time to realize like, I miss seeing the best pitcher on the planet, like Sandy Alcantara, like you're, you're great, man. I really think you're special. You might win the Cy Young this year. Uh, You're not Jacob DeGrom, buddy. Sorry to break it to you. There's another level above you. There's one guy in it. He's sitting by himself. I feel like it's the closest thing we have, but it's still not that close. You know, it's just not. Yeah. I mean, he's got great stuff, but it's no, no, no. DeGrom is in in a class, all his own ask. Garrett Cole might not say it because I don't think he's going to admit to it, but he really is all, all on his own. 
Mets, get healthy. Uh, we want to see you guys back soon. Win in Miami yeah. for us. That's all we Win got. Win in Miami. Let's 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 wash that taste of of Houston. Get that grime off of you. You you had a note in here that the the Mets haven't won a game over there. Oh since yeah, 2011. Tough note. Oh and eight. Oh and eight. And Minute Maid Park since 2011. I was a part of one of those, at least one of those series. It was post Hurricane oh. Harvey, which was a really rough kind of. I don't remember if we lost. That was also um, the year in which they they hit the trash cans and stuff. Yeah, but they didn't do that against us because there was nobody in the stands. So that would have been really weird to hear just beating of a trash can while we're while we're playing in an empty stadium. But uh, I that's have, not a fun uh... place to play. I have one uh, last fun stat for you before we go. Okay. Because I looked into it. I was like, you were in the AL West. You might have played at Minimate a lot, but I think you were there before they were in the American League. So you No, I was there when they came over. Oh, you were? Okay. So you have, yeah. you have two games there in your career. You have one strikeout against an Astros hitter. Do you want to guess who it is? It's a former Met from last year. When I saw it, I was like, oh, look at that. I kind of forgot he was an Astro. I was gonna say Jed Lowry, but he wasn't on the Mets last year. Who who is it? Jonathan VR. Okay. Yeah. That's the only, I've only pitched there twice. Yeah, I think only two games there. That's wow. it. I'll tell you what, I probably warmed up forty-five times. <laughs> and so they're under the the visiting bullpen is under the Crawford boxes. Yep. And it is so loud in there when you're warming up. It makes you feel like you're throwing a thousand miles an hour because Jesus. you hit the catcher's glove and it just goes. Boom. Oh, like, it's like, oh, I'm ready. Put me in now. Jeez. I mean, yeah, that's like, it seems like kind of a scary place to pitch, especially if you're a lefty. You got to face a righty with those stupid left field boxes right there. That's tough. Don't, don't shortchange right field. That ball flies yeah. out to straight right field, too. It's a joke. Yeah, uh, tough. Right at center field. I played there. Just put it in perspective when the flags were still in the outfield <laughs> to where it ramped up. And there you're, you're just, yeah, there's a flagpole in play. Like you remember how Monument Park used to have the statues yep. back there? Yep. Like you're you're over there. You're like, why is this a thing? I know it's like <laughs> tradition, but that's the stupidest thing I've ever that's seen. That's a hazard. To have this in play. It's crazy. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> and the the fact that center field had like a, a ramp. Yeah. It went up. Like, I mean, what are you doing? Carlos Beltran didn't mind, which I think it's is pretty cute. cool. It's cute. Yeah, it's definitely well, Beltran. Cute. Yeah. Weird yeah. ballpark. We don't have to play there work. again this year. Thank God. Yeah, Thank that's God. not fun. We might see them in the World Series. They're good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until then, guys. Until then. Uh, we won't. We will see you one time next week. It's for a special episode on Monday. We're not going to tell you what it is just yet, but stay tuned because it's going to be fun. Well, we won't. We'll be back not next week. Well, we have one episode next week. We're not doing the full normal Shea Station recap previews. Yes. Until Got some vacations to work around. We'll tell you more next time. Uh, Take care. Let's go Mets. We'll see you soon. Enjoy your weekend. Let's go Mets. Should be a nice one. Love you guys. It's not my vacation. It's my vacation. Sorry. Yeah. And Audio Jack. The bus just rolled over Audio Jack. (laughs) 